0: What is up, people? Welcome back to the Which Way Now podcast. This is finally episode five. Man, it took me like an extra week to get my notes together and find time to record this podcast. But man, I'm stoked on this topic. We're talking about doing less better, We're talking about subtraction in your business, in your life, instead of addition. We always think that we can multitask, we always think that. By doing so, we can become more productive. We always think that if we can do these things, then we get to our dream life, the business that we've always wanted to build, the retired on the beach with our feet in the sand type of feeling, that we can get there faster, that we can have more fun in the process. And the reality is today's a bit of a paradigm shift. So let's jump into the episode. I'm so excited for you to be here. Do less, better, let's go. Mm -hmm attempting to simplify the complexities of entrepreneurship and what makes for a good life. This podcast is riddled with questions, ideas, philosophical food for thought, tangible takeaways, and honest stories that highlight one man's journey. My name's Evan Shank. Welcome to the podcast, Which Way Now? Oh man, has it been a year I'm recording this the middle of December, 2021. Christmas spirit is in full swing. And I got to say, I got a four-year-old and a -a one-and-a-half-year-old, two little boys. And I'm starting to enjoy Christmas again. Not that I was a Scrooge or the Grinch before, but it's just so much more fun. I feel like I get to live through their excitement. And so it's cute. And I'm very, (laughs) very excited to be doing the Christmas thing with little kids. It's a dream of mine to be a dad. And I'm just, I'm very thankful. But anyway, that's not at all what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) Um, We're really going to be looking at this concept that I think applies very well for those that are listening to this at the end of the year, kind of in a goal planning, thinking for the next phase, the next four quarters that are coming up in your business or seasons in your life. This idea of subtraction instead of addition or the quote of, do less, better. And because you're listening to this, I'll kind of say that out. It's do less, comma, better. Because I was a little confused on it the first few times I heard it. But as I've spent time thinking about this and looking into it, it makes a lot of sense. And it's one of my big, bold, underlined, italicized, statements that I'm going to continue to repeat myself, especially as I'm in this planning season for the upcoming seasons. You know, I think a lot of times for many of us, especially if you find yourself kind of high achievement minded, and that's where your focus and aim is towards, that we always want to add to our plate. We think that we can juggle another thing. If we're spinning five plates, what's a sixth plate? You know, just go ahead and add it in because all it could do is potentially help and support the other plates you're spinning, right? But with expanding businesses, sometimes more work is not as good as developing better systems or sometimes adding employees thinking that that's going to help you accomplish more, which turns into revenue, turns into profitability, really only ends up requiring more management. So hiring one person means that you have to hire another person to manage that first person. And if you're the person doing all the managing, then of course, man, that's going to pull you from other critical tasks. You know, maybe you're in a business where you're thinking about, let's add another service. Let's come up with another product. Uh, For instance, with like a a specified marketing agency, maybe they focus specifically on email. I'll speak on that because that's what I'm into. That's what I'm familiar with. So for me. If I'm running an email marketing agency, should I be really trying to add SEO or search engine optimization? Basically Google ranking um, for those that don't know what I'm talking about. Now it just depends on where you're at in your business. But in theory, you're thinking, oh, if I add another service to what I offer, then I can increase the value of each deal because I can bundle things together. And I can increase the amount of people that become a part of my target audience. There's more people that I can help. But the reality is it's going to come with a lot more overhead and expenses that you didn't really that you didn't really realize you were going to have it also creates more responsibility and that learning curve of adding a new thing into your offerings is going to cost you upfront time and money so the fact is this may or may not apply to you but i think in some capacity there's some good nuggets that we can pull from this episode. So really quick, for example, I'll look at myself for a second. In 2021, I have a list of like 11 things without even thinking that I was able to write down that were all, I would say, priorities for me. I'll rattle them off real quick. One, get more clients all on my own with no team to help do any of the work. Two. Build an online learning course. And this project is a huge undertaking in and of itself. Been working on it for months and it's still not done. Number three, create, edit, upload YouTube videos. (laughs) I have yikes written down next to it because that's kind of what I started to realize. It's a lot, a lot of work. Not only just to come up with the topic, but then to, I'm not a video editor. I mean, let's be honest here. I have my strengths and my weaknesses, and one of my weaknesses, or lack of skill, rather, is video editing. There's so much that goes into that. That was number three for me, just by itself. Number four, post additional content and repurpose content on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Five, self-educate, read more, get more certifications, dig into educational content. 6. Build a website, evanshank.com. That actually has happened, and it's a work in progress, but E-V-A-N-S-H-A-N-K, evanshank.com. Simply my name. Uh, Go check it out if you'd like. Um, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'll I'll push it a little bit harder and let you guys know about it and some of the goods that are out there as I build that into it. Number 7. Work the clients and leads that were already in my pipeline. Number eight, start a podcast, which is the strategy, coming up with the software, recording it, editing it, uploading it, promoting it. Now, granted, I love doing this podcast, and it's not going away anytime soon. So you'll see where we're going to for this next year here in a second. But that was another one. Number nine, set up business systems and aim to rebrand in the future. Number 10, (laughs) I found myself questioning all my good ideas and wasting time on overthinking which we've talked about before on the podcast. And then 11, I wrote a lead magnet. I basically built um, a free downloadable PDF checklist that you can get from my website, evanshank.com. It's called the Ultimate Email Checklist. And that was a pretty big undertaking. I got it done rather quickly, but once again, it was just another big project that took a lot of dedication and focus for a specific amount of time. Man, 11 things in 2021, and I'm sure there was more, so then spinning into 2022, as we approach next year, um, this is my refined list. And, you know, I, I guess I'll share it. I was kind of debating on it. You know, I, I read quotes and little statements that are basically like, work in the shadows. Don't tell people your big plans. Show them with your actions. And I totally get that. But then at the same time, like, dude, it's, It's my podcast, (laughs) so I'm gonna just uh, talk to you as a buddy here for a second. But number one is tighten up my systems and offerings and launch and build an agency brand from all of this. So basically what I've been doing in a freelance capacity in the email marketing and automation space, I'd like to kind of rebrand that and make that something that's a real business that can kind of be a bit self-sufficient and expand a team off of that over time. Number two, produce content and network via this podcast. I'm gonna give myself, as I've already said before, give myself the freedom to experiment with this and just enjoy the process. I'm really enjoying the process of this podcast. Notice I don't talk about YouTube here. I'm not saying I'm never gonna do a YouTube video, but that is not one of my focal points. And then third is to launch a digital product and build marketing funnels around it so that i can create some of these digital assets that i can sell even while i'm sleeping i just love the concept of digital products as long as there's true value to it and so i'm working on the first one that will come out sometime in 2022 and of course there's many sub projects within each of these focal points and some may say that that's too much already And don't get me wrong, I made huge gains this year. I was tripping over my own feet and overstressed though. (laughs) And it became a huge mental exercise, just in and of itself, let alone the work that I had committed to. And of course, yeah, I'll still read and educate and post on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, or the spaces that I dabble in social media, but they're not my big rocks. And if you remember from episode two of this podcast, It was titled Managing a Life Full of Priorities, and actually got it's one of the higher listened to uh, episodes out of all of the ones that I have. Now granted, (laughs) I'm only recording episode five right now, so we're still in like baby steps, right? But anyway, in that episode, I talked about the concept of big rocks. And basically, you only really have a bucket that you can put things in. So if you're looking at this metaphorical bucket for your life, or the amount of time that you have, the amount of energy that you have, Big rocks take up space. So make sure that the things that are high priority, you claim them as a big rock and put them into your bucket first. Because as you start to fill your bucket, if you put a bunch of sand in there, you're not going to have space for a big rock to fit. And then you find yourself, years later, not getting to where you wanted to in life. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's not good. But so go back and listen to episode two, Managing a Life Full of Priorities, of course, as this episode concludes. So this concept of doing less better, let's dig into some of the other components that fit into this. So for instance, one thing is multitasking. I always thought that multitasking was something that you could get good at, but studies have been showing that scientifically you can't really multitask. Now there are some things, of course, you can listen to a podcast while you're driving or while you're walking. You can breathe while you're typing at your computer. There are some things that we can multitask, but in most cases, we can't really multitask the way that we think we can. We can't really check our email, plan out the next quarter of business while writing a blog post. You can't do all of those things at the same time. You can quickly switch back and forth between tasks and tell yourself that that's multitasking But there are things that suffer in that process. There was a Stanford study done in 2009, basically, that ended up showing, they did a couple different experiments, but they basically showed that high multitaskers couldn't ignore things. They paid attention to everything that was directly in front of them and in the peripheral. They basically had two groups of people, high multitaskers and, I guess, not high multitaskers, and... What they started to think was maybe the high multitaskers have better better memories because they couldn't ignore things and they saw everything that was going on. But then they did another test that proved that theory wrong. And they were basically, both groups of people, shown sequences of alphabetical letters. And the high multitaskers did a horrible job at remembering when a letter was making a repeat appearance. And for some reason or another, they found that the low... The low multitaskers did a great job, and the high multitaskers were doing worse and worse the further they went along because they kept seeing more letters and had a difficulty keeping them sorted in their brains. They basically were trying to take in everything the whole time rather than focusing in on specifically what the task was at hand for the study. Basically, they failed at filtering out irrelevant information from critical information. So the more that we try to play the multitasking game, there's a good chance that we're going to start getting bogged down by irrelevant information and tasks that have no business being on our plate based on what we've set our priorities to be. So looking at productivity, because that's really kind of what this is all about, right? We want to be productive and move forward, and that's why we try to spin extra plates or juggle extra balls. The fact of the matter is... With productivity, it's more of a state of flow than any particular process. The state of flow is actually a choice, too. You can choose to have it at any time because it comes from a single thing, focus. The idea here, and I'm pulling this from an article called Do Less Better that's posted on medium.com. Feel free to go check that out. But it says, focus leads to flow, which leads to results. So flow-inspired focus can only be achieved by eliminating distractions and committing to a specific task, not trying to do everything. Do less, better. I'm gonna keep saying that. Focus leads to flow, leads to results. For example, writing. I can't write while I'm checking my email, checking my bank accounts, listening to a podcast. There's just too many things going on. And if I think that I'm doing a good job at it, what's really happening is I'm jumping back and forth between these tasks. And what suffers is focus. And if focus suffers, then you're not going to get into a flow state. And if you can't find some sort of flow where time basically goes away and you're hyper-focused on what you're doing, those results that you're trying to get to at the end of the day, I Don't know, man, you might not get there, or it's going to take a heck of a lot more time than you expected. Some examples about this concept in some books that I've been reading recently. Um, right now, I'm listening to the audiobook, these are both audiobook versions that I've listened to, but Profit First is the first one. And he's talking about at one point this guy that like raked his leaves um, in his front yard, you know, did a good job and was a nice enough guy, and this whole thing, uh, but then he noticed, like, hey, it looks like your gutters could need cleaned. And so, you know, sure enough, the guy that's right in the book is, um, he says, yeah, so my my leaf raking guy um, got up and started cleaning the gutters. And then while he was up there, he saw that, you know, maybe I needed a new roof. And so then he tried to sell me on a roof replacement or, you know, cleaning up a couple spots. And it continued to spiral. And the concept of what he was really talking about is, there are costs associated with everything in life. And of course, within business, if you're expanding what you're offering, that comes at a price. There is a cost associated with that. So what seemed like a nice business of raking leaves where, you know, he had the tools that he needed, he had the skill set to do it quickly and efficiently, now turn into him needing more equipment to clean gutters because he needed the ladder, he needed something to, you know, reach down the gutter a little further and then when he gets into roof replacement, that's a whole other thing. Now it's costing you time, energy, money, everything. The other book is called 12 Months to $1 Million, and really what he talks about is build one product at a time. The process really is try, fail, win, refine, and then add a new product. He basically says you can get yourself to a $1 million business per year, you can do that much revenue in 12 months with just one product. And of course, he goes into the nitty gritties of how to do that. But the concept that applies to what we're talking about today is don't make 10 products thinking that you have the chance to be 10 times more successful. You're going to be bouncing around between those 10 things. Think about how good one product could be if you spend all of your energy on that. Strategize around what that product is and make sure it's the most thought-out approach to hitting the goals that you want to with your business. It makes me think of this quote, and I kind of wanted to talk about it for a second and even debunk it a little bit. I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but the quote, Jack of all trades, master of none, apparently that's not actually the real quote. And so I looked into it, and I'm going to read from my notes here. The phrase was originally used to describe a playwright who was always hanging around in the theaters. He would, this guy would help with the stage and the set and the costumes, and he would remember lines and then also try directing. This so-called Jack of all trades was actually William Shakespeare. Now, I don't know, you can fact check me, maybe I'm wrong, but the article seemed pretty compelling and seemed to make sense to me. So that's what I'm sharing with you. The full phrase is actually a Jack of all trades is a master of none but oftentimes better than a master of one. It was considered a compliment. What I want to say here, there's a big caveat that we need to throw in here. Don't think that by doing less that I mean to not allow yourself to be skilled at many things. Being skilled at many things is a good thing. It's good to be multifaceted. In fact, as an entrepreneur, it's kind of part of the job, especially in the beginning, so much so that we need the do less reminder more than we may realize. And this whole do less better thing, I think breaks down and there's really about three main groups of people from what I can tell. For some of you, the doing less means not adding big projects to you or your team's plate. These are the things that take months, years to achieve and with hundreds of tasks and checkpoints along the way. And just like raising kids, If you manage a team, they're gonna repeat and reflect your behavior. So make sure you're not inspiring the wrong mentality. We want to make sure that our teams are focused on the task at hand and that they understand the reason for the task. What's the bigger picture to the goal? How does this task support that? You shouldn't be getting kudos for spinning more plates. You should be giving out kudos to those Who can stick to the task and do a great job and understand its purpose. The second group of people that I think this applies to, maybe you find this, some of these other ones resonating with you more. You know, for others, doing less simply means removing a few less important things from your daily to-do list in order to afford the time, the energy and mental clarity that's needed for bigger things in your life. The last group of people that I think this applies to are those that are in the trenches of a new venture, and they have to tap into the hustle mode mentality. The fact is, if this is you, if this resonates with you, grit is required. I'd love to do a whole episode on grit. I think, number one, I think it's a really cool word, and I think there's a lot there that we should talk about. Grit is required if you are in the trenches of your new venture the viciousness in which you attack your work as you sprint towards more stable ground is necessary at times. But you have to be mindful of where you're at and how much you have left in the tank because the worst case scenario will happen if you don't move past the stage. So if you're in a solo venture, then this totally applies to you. And I know Because I resonate with this group of people. This is where I think I am. And I'm trying to work myself out of this space as fast as possible. You know, it makes me think of parents with newborns. It's just one of those things where grit is required. The newborn is going to continue to need you for everything until they don't. And there's no other option, you know. And so you have to step up to the plate. And you kind of have to have a little bit of that hustle mode mentality. Some advice that I've heard from people around me that have listened to the podcast and just know me as a friend is remember that these phases of life are simply that. They're just phases. Look for the good in what you've got going on and hold on to your kids while they're little, you know? Enjoy the process of doing this business all by yourself and staying up all night. Now, of course, it's easy for me to say this as I'm not in the midst of that in this very moment as I record this, but try to strip out the value of everything that you're in. But once again, to come back into the concept of this episode, you're only going to be able to do that for so long before you face your worst case scenario. Like I said, it will happen if you don't move past the stage at some point. And so the question might be, Evan, how do I do less and still get to where I'm trying to go? Well, I can't answer that for you specifically, but what it does require is time management, task management, consistency, patience, and diligence. There is a snowball effect, and it may seem slow at first, but your dedication to very specific goals and tasks will start to pay off. And then you may set your sights to new goals, to bigger things, or simply moving into the next step of a big goal that you've been working on. To wrap it up, we can't really multitask like we think that we can. What gives us the chance of productivity is focus, and clarity affords the chance for focus. And when we can focus, then we can flow. We can do work where time almost escapes us. And you're like, wow, three hours just went by, but you get so much done because you're in a focused state of flow. And what that leads you to is the results that you're ultimately chasing after. Doing less doesn't mean to not be skilled in many areas. So don't get that confused. And the reality is all of this starts with having really honest conversations with yourself and of course, if it's the end of the year for you and you're in that planning mode thinking about what's coming next year, or you're, on the, you're right there at the edge of maybe jumping into a new venture or chasing a new dream, have some real honest conversations with yourself and kind of plot out what the best approach is, keeping the do less better philosophy in mind. And my final thought is you want to be happy. You want to live a fulfilled life and it becomes too much, too quick, for too many, and that's why failures, burnout, anxiety, and depression is so common in circles of entrepreneurs. Doing less better enforces a dedicated and calculated approach to your achievement. Although, this will not happen overnight. Get better at doing less, and you very well may achieve more than ever before. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Let's continue to build community and grow from each other's experiences, insights, and advice. That's what this podcast is about. Thanks for being here. Peace. Well, that does it for this episode. You can always reach out to me directly on my Instagram at evanshank75 with any thoughts or questions you may have. I'd love to connect and hear your story. Make sure you follow and subscribe and also leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on. My only question to you is, which way now?